0: rippy writes with brian scott rippy transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon ramming your head through some drywall and then writing down every thought you have what's up on a monday evening i'm brian scott rippy thanks for tuning in to another edition of the rippy rights podcast coming at you a uh A little later than usual. A little different Christmas schedule this week. I think still lining up what we're going to do for the pod this week. We'll have plenty of shows. Got a great Monday show. Something off the beaten path. If you listen to the uh, weekend podcast, I may have teased it. Or you may have heard me tease, I should say. We are talking to Kyle Valaket, a hockey player at Suffolk University. That's a D3 school up north. You're probably wondering, why the hell am I about to listen to a hockey player talk? Because the guy's awesome. Trust me. I actually got it set up with and through uh, my buddy Michael Portner, the uh, NIL sports agent guy we had on a couple years ago. This is not a uh, a, uh, uh, Delta Sports Group PR podcast now, I promise you that. I was just going through the list of athletes that he had. I've never talked to a hockey player before. They're always hilarious, interesting interviews. And, uh, you know, we were in a little bit of a content gap, and I was like, why not? Let's go pepper this hockey player with questions. I really appreciate Kyle's time. We got into a lot of different things about – You know, his career as a hockey player growing up in the South. He's originally from New York but moved to Charlotte as a kid what it's like uh, trying to become a professional hockey player, the junior circuit, and uh, how the game's played. So uh, I got to ask a bunch of stupid questions about a sport that I uh, I find fascinating and a lot of fun to go to. So a little different. We'll get back to some Ole Miss stuff later in the week, some bowl pick em, and then a lot more, a uh, little bit more Sugar Bowl stuff to tide you over heading into next week. So something a little different today. I think you'll enjoy it, though. He's an awesome guy, an incredible interview, and uh, I learned a little bit more about hockey as well and some pretty awesome hockey insults. So. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you, the podcast brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. I don't know if Skybox wagers on hockey. They'd probably win if they did. They're absolutely crushing it. Fresh off an 18-unit weekend in college basketball, they followed that out with another plus- through a three-unit weekend this past weekend, and their bold picks are off to a seven and three start. That is printing money going into the holiday season. I guarantee uh, you are not up twenty-one units in college basketball over the last two weeks, and I guarantee you didn't go seven and three off your own uh, your own knowledge. So you need to check these guys out. They're gonna have a picks package to fit your price range, and it is the only way to consistently profit. You don't want the man texting you on Sunday, Monday. Some of you listening to this probably had to pay up in the last day or two. You want him paying you? Skybox will help you do that more consistently. Check them out, skyboxsportspick.com. I'd recommend go with the year pass, but they're going to have sports-centric all kinds of different uh, stuff that's going to fit your price range. And then skybox.com slash free play. Excuse me, skyboxsportspick.com slash free play. You're getting daily free plays in college basketball that are cashing at a ridiculous clip. Don't really know why you're not using that. Then go find your own favorites. Check them out, skyboxsportspick.com. Use the promo code RIPPY, and you get 20% off any purchase i haven't added up what we are in the bowls that we be me and greg but i think skybox is off to an early lead. i don't think we went seven three stay tuned for that on thursday so podcast also brought to you by lb's university avenue across from kroger go see greg oxford's uh, best place in mississippi to get meat. oxford is so lucky to have a place like lb's if you're a rippy right subscriber that's RippyRights.substack.com. you get a free newsletter for me three to five times a week Plus discounted meats right now. It's a 16 ounce prime strip for 20 bucks, and a five dollar pack of sausage. Just go show them proof of subscription. Tough to beat that. That's a hell of a way to kick off the uh, whatever you people are doing this holiday season. So then go find uh, all the other awesome stuff they have there. Lane train special, bacon wrapped fillet, crab stuffed mushrooms, all kinds of delicious sausages, fillet burgers. You need to check them out. Greg wants to make your grilling experience great. LB's University Avenue, across from Kroger. And finally, the podcast brought to you by Manscaped. That's right, Manscaped, the industry leader in men's grooming. They offer precision tools for your jewels. You need to try out the lawnmower 4.0 model. Got a nice LED light, portable charger on that bad boy. Look, I heard the 70s were a wild time. Skybox, I keep doing that. Manscaped is here to make sure that's a thing of the past. You need to be all groomed and kept down there. Can't be letting things get out of control. And Manscaped is the leader in men's grooming. Check them out, manscaped.com. Com, use the promo code MPW and get 20% off any purchase for all of your shaving and grooming needs. Check them out. Here's someone who doesn't shave in the playoffs because it's called a playoff beard. That is Kyle Valliquette hockey player at Suffolk University. Has an awesome journey through uh, youth hockey as a uh, guy grew up in the South. So here he is. All right. We now welcome on the first ever hockey player on the Rippy Rights podcast. Going to talk some uh, some skating, some shooting, a lot of different stuff. Kyle Valiquette, he is a sophomore forward at Suffolk. And you are a client, I guess you could call it that. I don't know the proper term. Portner will probably get mad at me for missing that, that out. But of Michael Portner, <laughs> some NIL stuff, you guys got hooked up recently. And he was like, you want to talk to a hockey player? I was like, yeah, actually I do. That sounds incredibly awesome. Hockey's been <laughs> something I've liked for a while, but don't know much about it. So I'm excited, man. How are you? Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here and I'm glad to be the first, uh, the first outlier and the first hockey player here. So.
0: Yes, yeah, so most of our most of our listeners are probably getting this, like this part now, and they're probably like, "Wait a minute, what do we have?" Going yeah, what's going on? So, college—we are predominantly, as I was t- telling you before we started recording—a college football, college sports podcast in Mississippi. There's not a ton of hockey down here, but with that said, uh, there are actually a shocking amount of Preds fans, in Oxford's a lot of Nashville kids uh, come. do miss. Same thing with Dallas as well. Like it's it's certainly more, maybe a little more prevalent than you think. Uh, I think Ole Miss has a club team, so uh, this yeah. is definitely a uh, definitely a uh, a new one for us. But I'm I'm really fired up about it. Let's uh let's get the partner aspect out of uh, kind of out of the way first. You guys got hooked up recently. How did uh I was just gonna leave the floor open. How did that come about? How did you discover Michael?
1: Yeah, so I uh, this is my first year on campus in Boston. i um, going to That's school cool. up at Suffolk, and I happen to live. Uh, right in the neighborhood of a really famous pizza restaurant, um, Regina's Pizza. So we uh, were in there a good amount of time or a good bit. And the manager um, obviously started recognizing us. So um, we became friends and he was having us in there for, for pizza or whatever. And then um, I guess the story with Michael is that he was waiting outside in line for pizza and the same manager just spotted spotted him out. Um, and he's an awesome guy. The nicest guy ever super down to earth. Um, just loves people, loves helping people out. And so his first encounter, um, Michael's first encounter with the manager, Ron, um, was on a different instance than, than mine and my roommates. Um, so I guess he just picked him out of the crowd and then invited him in for pizza, picked his brain for a bit, um, which I guess is kind of the same thing that he did with us. And then a couple of times in, he was like, I want to introduce you, introduce you to one of my friends. And we ended up meeting Michael and we actually were sitting there. I remember we were sitting there and we looked at each other. We were like, is this not just the craziest thing that we are just, you know, from not neither of us are from there. I'm in Charlotte right now. So um, we're both from a bit a bit ways away, and then we're just sitting there in downtown Boston eating pizza, you know, now being connected just literally through pizza. It was just really a weird thing, and um, obviously super thankful for it, but it was just kind of a crazy instance where nothing kind of turned into a huge opportunity and, and uh, new relationships. So,
0: Absolutely. So you said you're in Charlotte now. What are you doing down there?
1: So my parents live here. I okay. am so you, from but you're a Saratoga I've, native, correct? Saratoga, New York. Yep. So I've bounced around. I was born in Saratoga, um, which is mainly where I picked up hockey. And then I moved down here to Charlotte when I was seven. Um, my, my parents got jobs down here and just wanted to be in better weather than upstate New York. Sure. So they moved down here. Um, and then I played hockey down here in the South for, from when I was, seven years old until 16 um all throughout the southeast mostly in Charlotte but I actually got the chance to play in Nashville um right outside Nashville in Franklin Tennessee um for the last two years yeah so um and then after that we moved back up back to New York when I went I moved all around to Massachusetts in boarding school and then we moved back down here. So long story short, I've been all over the place between Charlotte and upstate New York.
0: That's uh, that's awesome. So, Okay, so you're a little f- more familiar with the South. I was about to, I was about to screw with you a little bit and ask, you know, your first like, I guess, official representation is a dude from Cleveland, Mississippi, and uh, you're a hockey player. I don't know if Porter knew a <laughs> <knew it>, ton <talking laughs> about hockey when, uh, when he was kind of giving you like the background or whatever. I'm, I'm guessing on, will I'll just to, going out on a limb here. You have probably never been to Cleveland, Mississippi. Like, no. You, know, you mentioned it was kind of a like a, just a right place, right time thing, but like, yeah. Like, did you ever think like, wow, I got a guy from Mississippi. Probably didn't know. I thought about hockey representing me. What was like, uh, what was kind of his pitch to you, I guess.
1: So what he was saying, he kind of was pretty upfront with it. He was like, man, like I'm, I'm obviously new to this. And and being from Mississippi, I haven't really dealt with many or any at all hockey players. Um, so he's like, I want to learn, you know, as much about this sport. He was talking about the Bruins and, um, Kind of just how much, like you said, without really knowing as much of the, the technicalities of it, but just really getting into the sport. And Boston such an unreal city to, to get into hockey with and with all the college hockey and the Bruins and everything. So, um, yeah, he was just really excited that all three or my two other roommates were sitting with me. Um, and he was just super pumped that we could just keep talking about hockey and we could just keep feeding him information.
0: Absolutely. So let's just get right into it. It's fascinating to me talking particularly about like a sport that I I don't know a ton about, as we alluded to earlier. When I was a kid, we I guess when I was like six years old, we did the baseball. I feel like most kids played soccer like they yeah. get you into all that. You get into tackle football and t- flag football probably a little bit later. And then, of course, like basketball, whether it's like Church League, YMCA, something like that. How did you get into hockey? Is there any background in your family? What uh, what put a stick in your hand?
1: So, yeah, being in New York and being born up there, um, my dad played high school hockey. Um, his, I guess, background in hockey was a bit different than mine. He started much later than I did. Uh, he just played kind of more low-key throughout high school. But um, then when I was about... I think three years old, three or four years old, I was first put in the skates. Um, and he took me out into a public skate and was holding me, obviously. And I guess I absolutely hated it. It was <laughs> as funny as that sounds. Um, I was just not having any part of it. Um, I was screaming and crying. But then uh, he ended up taking me to the pond, frozen pond up in New York in the winters, which was really cool. Um, in downtown Saratoga. So I loved doing that and learning how to fall, stopping in the snowbanks, and all that. That was just something that um, he got me into and that I loved. So, and I was so young that it was just, I had so much energy. It was so much fun to me. And then, you know, a lot of kids up North play hockey anyway. So when it wasn't in the wintertime, I was having a street hockey stick in my hand or whatever, playing with the neighbors or something like that. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's fascinating, like, cause that's such a contact sport. What is the easing in process to actually getting and playing organized hockey? And I even just mean like the most basic youth level, like what was the first time you were put on a team? Like what was kind of your first earliest memory of playing hockey? Like, you know, actually competitively.
1: Yeah. So this was still in New York. I think I must've been five or six years old. I was still super oh, wow. young. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the youngest. I mean, maybe not anymore. There's probably three-year-olds that are out there playing, but, um, I think that was the youngest that I could be, but it was just a, a Saturday morning league, probably more like learn to skate, honestly. Um, that, I don't even know if there's really teams at that point for me, but other than them just grouping us together at the end of the skate and playing a little cross ice action or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was that's my earliest memory is, is my dad taking me in New York on Saturday mornings, and um, every like two weeks, somebody would get to play goalie. So I was trying that out, and I was just having the most fun with it and putting on the pads. I loved all the equipment. I loved being having everybody look at me and all the equipment. so that was a, that was a funny memory for sure. So that's the, that's
0: probably an obvious thing, but again, something that I didn't necessarily think about. When you're you mentioned getting into it Saturday morning league, I so the biggest thing is them teaching you guys how to skate. Obviously, you mm-hmm. got to be pretty damn good at skating to be good at hockey. Like, what is that process like? Like, what's it like? I get I've stood on one of I mean, they have like a little touristy deal out here where you can go like ice skating, like they oh, yeah. have it during the Christmas time or whatever. Like, that's somewhat common in the South. I think Jackson, Mississippi has one, whatever. But I imagine that's a little different type of learning how to skate. What does learning how to skate for hockey entail? And how long does it take to pick up?
1: It's a process. Um, it's definitely not, it's it's what I always tell people. So with every other sport, right, take basketball, football, soccer, a lot of good athletes are you have to be fast, right? Whatever, whatever sport you play, you just have to be a fast runner, or be able to move fast. Hockey is just an entirely different animal in the sense that. I'm 22 years old and started skating when I was four years old. And I still, I could take lessons every day for the rest of my life and still, really? Oh my God. Yeah. It's just such, it's so meticulous in every different instance. And I mean, I'm sure you would agree when you watch games, especially on TV, if you ever see, it's just so fast and guys are changing directions so fast. So being able, it's, a mix of balance and coordination and strength and your edges and everything. It's just, there's so much that goes into it. It's crazy.
0: So in it's, that's interesting. You bring that up. I was, I had this question for later, but we'll just go and get into it now in like football is a little bit different because you can be quite a few different sizes for different positions and stuff like that. But like basketball, particularly if you're trying to make it in the NBA, in the highest level, If you're not like, you know, somewhere between 6'3 and, you know, 6'9 with ridiculous wingspan, like, you're never just going to make it. Like, I'm I'm talking like the, you know, the 5'10 guard that may light up a college team or whatever. He's a hell of a college player, but that guy's never going to the NBA. Just strictly based off his size alone, is there a base level of skating that you have to have at a certain point for professional hockey, let's just call it NHL, for that to be a possibility, like – if that makes any sense at all. Like, is there a baseline skill you have to have skating wise for it to ever even be a possibility?
1: Yeah. Um, There's a ton of different levels of pro first of all. So guys can go, I mean, the NHL is just, and there's the guys that play there are just so unbelievably talented. I mean, like any of the top league, but um, I think for every team and every player, they just have to have their, I guess they're fit. Right. So not necessarily need to be the best skater, a team full of the best skaters. But if you have a guy who's maybe not the best skater, he better be scoring every shot, you know, or he better be not letting anybody pass him or or whatever. So everybody's got to have a role. And in the NHL, it's you got to be the best at it every night. They play 82 games in the NHL. Um, it's just unbelievably hard. They say it's hard to make it, but it's even harder to stay there. So like That's these guys that are just training nonstop and it's unbelievable.
0: So you mentioned you've done it for 18 years. You could be, you know, you could still take lessons on it every day. How big of a like skill set is that in terms of how people talk about it? I mean, you could, you could go as down as far as like, I mean, like a scouting report or just like that team that has a bunch of really good skaters, I guess, if that makes any sense at all. Is that something how you – is that go into player evaluation at all?
1: Yeah. um, So for hockey, I mean, the biggest thing, obviously skating stands out the most, right, if a guy can't move around, then he's going to stand out for that reason alone. Um, But, I mean, really it's just now the game is changing. So they they used to look for big guys, you know, guys that would – can throw big hits and whatnot. Um, but now everybody's a good skater. Everybody's starting younger and everybody's taking more lessons when they're, they're younger than I used to. Even I started taking lessons when I was like nine years old, probably. Yeah. And now these kids, these kids in Charlotte at the rink, uh, some of them are five years old and they're getting lessons at 6. AM. Whoa. So yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I, the parents that are driving these kids three times a week to, uh, their lessons I mean kudos to them it's awesome and if they love it they love it but it's just crazy to me that these kids are now so young and they're so dedicated and doing so much for it already especially hockey
0: so you get into it you mentioned you learn how to skate at what point are you playing you mentioned like a Saturday morning league like a little bit of game pseudo game action what's the first time you're playing on a team that's playing a game against other teams and it's full-fledged hockey if that makes sense
1: yeah, so I think I only did either a year maybe two um of like the cross ice stuff where it was more learn to skate. Uh so probably I think I must have been 7 or 8 years old um where I we were playing in Charlotte and it was mostly local. We I think we'd go to Raleigh maybe or um there's another rink in the other other side of town. Um Greensboro stuff like that. So not too far but Still Saturday morning games. We had a team. We um, had our little jerseys and everything. Two practices, so pretty basic stuff. But yeah, around seven years old was the first time I started playing, and I guess kind of traveling for hockey.
0: Is that like? Well, that's a dumb question. I'm assuming you guys had shoulder pads on. How the hell do you find put shoulder pads for seven years old? I guess they have that for football though.
1: Like so tiny. The yeah, equipment they're... now is so tiny.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess that, that wouldn't be that terribly uncommon. All right. So at what point are you actually like loving hockey? Cause I know it's some, like when I was, I remember when I was a kid, like I never liked soccer, but it was part of being a kid. Like I played it, I think until I was like, you know, not 10 or 11 and that's quitting pretty early just cause like it wasn't really my thing, but like, you know, you did it to be social and to meet people kind of the same thing with little league baseball. At what point did you like actually like hockey and know it was something you were going to pursue, you know, beyond just like, doing youth stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, So I did play other sports when I was growing up. Um, Obviously I have played hockey for the longest, but um, from when I was probably like six to 11, I was playing baseball and lacrosse for a year or two. And um, yeah, I don't, I probably around like 11 years old because I had been traveling every weekend. Um, and practicing up until then and and at that point I was kind of thinking like okay you know I'm been traveling for a long time now I get to get to go to all these cool places and I have these awesome friends and I'm getting better right like I'm I'm trending up and and that's really fun to me too right like I was learning so many more other things other than hockey like uh like how how to eat better and you know how to manage my time and take care of myself and Things like that, so it made me feel like it was helping me more than just playing a sport, and that's what I love too. Um, so then, when I was probably like twelve and thirteen, that's when I really started to to try to be a lot more serious about it and in my diet and working out and all that stuff. And it's kind of my mindset was that I wanted to play hockey.
0: What's you what give give me paint me a picture of the uh, youth hockey scene because you know you mentioned it. It being crazy these kids taking skating lessons like more power to them but like it, that's pretty intense at such a young age i'm yeah. sure it's only gotten worse since yeah. i was a kid you probably experienced some of the same thing playing baseball like you got nine-year-old travel teams playing like you know 50 yeah. game seasons plus the fall and all that and you know you have the parents and the coaches and it can get you know kind of out of control give me just paint me the scene of like youth hockey what's that like how competitive can it get at a young age
1: yeah, so my experience playing youth hockey was different too, being in the south. And was that a So when I was, um, yes and no. Okay. So I think in the beginning, yeah, because obviously, 2000, well, maybe not obviously, but 2007, 2008, or around then, um, right when I had really started traveling around, you know, going to DC, going to Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Ohio, and all this stuff. Um, that's kind of when, you know, we would go out to these tournaments and there's different levels obviously, but, um, we were playing at one of the the higher levels for <laughs> eight or nine year olds. And there were some teams we were really competing with, you know, we'd play with teams from even Toronto. And that was the craziest thing when you come back to school and tell everybody you beat the team from Canada yeah. and you're in this little town in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, But, yeah, I think being in the South at first, it was definitely hard because there wasn't a ton of, I guess, awareness about hockey, right? Right. Like the rink that I had played at, at that time, had only been up for a year or two, so it was brand new. The program was brand new and everything. Um, But then now they've gone through two or three other programs throughout that rink. They have a junior team there. They've won a national championship or a couple national championships. Like hockey's definitely grown a ton here in Charlotte. They host the national championships too at the rank that they just built. Um, so yeah, it's definitely grown a ton. And it it's kind of a good feeling because when you still play and you're you're in college now, or like me and my buddies, it's kind of cool to say and to see all the kids that still play. And now we go out there and coach sometimes and help and it's cool to see the kids that are like in the youth program and you see, see it from the other side, I guess, like you're preaching all the things that you were hearing when you were a kid, you know?
0: So you got, so you, you mentioned I kind of derailed you about the answer regarding like the, the youth scene, but you're saying you guys had to travel a bunch because that was just what you had to do to go play teams at an actual competitive level. Like you're there, I guess I never thought about it like that. There's not like a Charlotte league. Like you probably can't fill a 10 team league, what is, nope. what's it like being a kid in the South playing youth hockey? Like the, or I don't want to say you guys are outcasts, but I imagine. No, for go to, sure. Really?
1: Yeah. So you, you would go yeah. that far. I
0: imagine there's not a bunch of kids at school talking about hockey and playing hockey. Tom, you and your team. I imagine that's like you're some of the few that were playing in that city. What's that like?
1: Yeah. So before I got to high school, it was, I mean, I went to the same high school for two years and then I ended up moving up north but everybody knew me in school as the hockey guy pretty much because nobody else I went to a country little school in my town and nobody else really knew anything about hockey or knew anybody that played hockey so it was just I don't know it was funny I, I was quiet in high school so everybody just knew me as oh that's, that's the kid who plays hockey he was always traveling for hockey or do you think they were the like hockey. wow
0: that kid'll beat the shit out of you he plays hockey <laughs> uh,
1: hopefully some kids thought that and then maybe they talked to me and they were like, oh, maybe not. No, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I was a pretty small guy. I don't know if too many, too many kids were thinking that there's a lot of big country guys out here. So,
0: <laughs> so wait, what point, take me back to the youth hockey part of it. So you guys are having to travel around just to go play competition and play teams, which is probably a pretty significant financial commitment as well. Like you mentioned Cleveland, Ohio playing teams from Toronto. Like that's not a cheap deal. And I know youth sports aren't, particularly if you want to do them at the higher level in general, but if you were doing like baseball, you wouldn't have to travel as much as you did. I mean, it's kind of like a choice thing, how far you want to go. That was your only option. So what's that like? Like when you like paint me the youth scene, like what's the most competitive, what's like the medium level. What's that kind of like?
1: Yeah. So I played, there's basically like the house rec league, right? That's a Saturday morning. Um, Obviously anybody can play that at any age. And then you get into like the A double A and triple A of youth hockey. Okay. Um, So there wasn't any, I think, I don't know anymore, but, when I was playing, the earliest AAA was, I think, was 12U, around 12U. Yeah. Um, so I played AA, A and AA up until then, um, which pretty much everybody did. If you're too young. There's if there's a couple AAA teams for 10 year olds, but I mean, at that point, you can't really tell. There's some kids that are really good, but you can't really tell the difference between. The the elite kids and then the kids who are just out there, um, but it's, yeah, so it's
0: categorized like baseball. I remember when I was a kid, there was double A, triple A, and I think there was even like a major based on competitive yeah. level. Yeah, structured the same way.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and there was no triple A in Charlotte, and there's there's still not. Um, it was either you played in Raleigh for the Hurricanes, the Junior Hurricanes, um, or you played for a program called TPH Thunder which is now the junior predators out of Nashville. Okay. So I ended up doing that actually the last two years before I went to boarding school. Um, that was my 14 and 15 new year. So I actually, I skated two to three times here in Charlotte, not with a team because my team was from all over the place. I had kids from Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Um, We had a couple kids from Ohio, Chicago. Um, So we had skates throughout the week here at the local rink. And then on the weekends, we'd have what's called a practice weekend. So kids from our team um, would fly into either Nashville, Atlanta, or Alabama. And we'd have practice all weekend. And then we'd go home. And then the next weekend, we'd have a weekend of games which the travel was even more for the AAA. it was the double a you don't really need to go like all over the place even though we did but for AAA, we were going like there was one month from charlotte you mentioned the financial burden and just being all over the place it was one month we went um a practice weekend in nashville games in detroit and games in los angeles and then i think an off weekend Dang. and this is when i was 15 years old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so at that point, it's almost like, like, I mean, you're in it. Like there's no, just I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, this is not, I'm doing this for fun. Obviously it, having fun playing hockey, but this yeah. is not a casual thing. You were trying at that point to go play college hockey, I imagine. So real quick, that was something I noticed and I had written down to ask. I grew up, I actually, I probably lied when I said, I don't know anything about hockey. When I was a young kid, <laughs> my grandparents lived in Nashville and my grandfather, the bank that he worked at, they would get, like, uh, Predator season tickets. Like, they are pretty readily available. That's because back yeah. then, that was not a hot ticket at all. Like, that would – honestly, like, it's – now it's so different. And, like, I have a bunch of friends that live in Nashville, and I try to explain that to them. Like, in 06 or something, I guess I'd have been 11 years old. Like, if you go into one of those games, say they're playing Detroit, it's a bunch of Red Wings fans that are transplants down yep. south. And then, like, some casual uh, – Predators fans mixed in and look, people like the team. I'm not saying they didn't sell well, but it wasn't the same. Now it's the hottest ticket in town and it's a much different deal. That was not the way back then. And I was talking to someone that I know there that used to work in in in-house PR for the Preds or something. I can't remember what it was. doesn't matter. Part of that is now the Preds got there, I think in 98, maybe that was the Titans. I can't remember, but somewhere late, like late, (laughs) late nineties, right? Like right around 2000 as Nash was growing. And they started setting up, like, rinks and youth programs and things like that. And now you have this entire generation of kids that are, like, our age, probably some a little bit older, definitely a bunch more younger, that grew up playing hockey. So it's not just like, hey, let's go to a hockey game. They're big Preds fans, and they play hockey, and it's become more prevalent. How? how influential are the program's NHL teams, particularly Southern NHL teams are to kind of getting youth involved in hockey in towns you wouldn't think would care about hockey at all.
1: Yeah, I think they're huge. Um, Like I just said before, my old program was called, it was called TPH. Right. um, For total package hockey. And then now they just switched to the junior Preds. um, Kind of more focusing it on just the Nashville Predators. But I think, Those organizations like the Hurricanes, the Predators, the Lightning, for example, just won the Cup back-to-back years. Um, I think it's huge for not only helping youth programs, but getting more kids further along um, in their hockey paths. So I think those programs doing well and, like you said, selling out tickets. And and they're doing that not only because people are loving hockey, but because they're – doing good things, you know, in their community and after games and things like that, like, they're being entertaining, too, you know? So, like, the Hurricanes, for example, they do the storm surge, they call yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. That's taken social media by storm, no pun intended. Um, But, yeah, just doing things like that. And Nashville, they call it Smashville. They got a big car outside that, I guess, I think people can pay and go up and just beat they the have shit like, out of it. Exactly. Yeah. They got the catfish.
0: There's all kinds of stuff going yep. on. That it's first like what, cup run they made changed, I think, the way that team absolutely. viewed in that city for forever. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen.
1: Yeah. Nashville is such an awesome city too. And to have that just be added to it, like it's so cool to be able to see the passion of Nashville, like now in the hockey games. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: I couldn't agree more. So you get to like 50, you mentioned you're playing triple A, 14, 15. So, Me, your time, correct me on your timeline one more time. You went back to New York at one point, but you said there's a boarding school mix in there. Was that a hockey induced decision to go to boarding school? What what kind of take me through the move back to New York and then Charlotte or whatever?
1: Yeah, so um, after my 15 year year, this is when I started traveling a lot. Um, still living in Charlotte, I had to have the conversation with my parents, you know, hockey's getting more serious, I'm missing a lot of school. You know, I can't be just flying out on Friday and going back Sunday night. It doesn't always work as easily as that. So I'm missing a lot of Mondays and Fridays. You know, we're talking. Grades are obviously just as important, especially when you want to play in college. So, um, you know, we're kind of thinking what's, what's really worth it. Do you want to keep traveling and, and living down here and, you know, missing school? And playing pretty good hockey. It's, you know, it's, it's really competitive for sure. There's kids committing and, and whatnot. Um, or a lot of kids were going to boarding school, which I went in Massachusetts. there was a handful that I was looking at in New England, but ended up going to, uh, to one in Massachusetts. And everybody kind of decided to do that because we were in the same position. You know, it was, it was just as good, if not better hockey, and the education was just as important as the hockey. And they emphasized that. So there was no more missing school because if you miss school up there, then you can't play hockey, you know? So it right. was basically like a, a junior college in that sense where um, it was like the whole package more than having to travel all over the place and missing school and and being the outlier too, as we talked about before, right. you know?
0: so. You're saying uh, buddies on your like youth team and all that, were go- like, y- they, other other ones decided to do that as well. Just like, look, if we're time to get serious about this. We need to do the boarding school route. Are those yep. – so like I imagine to put this in football terms for the listeners out there, like IMG Academy, I know they do it for all sports basketball as well. That's yep. like you go there to play football, they have the grades – but like it's known as kind of a football all-star high school type thing. They play a national schedule across the country. I know it's probably not the exact same thing, but is that a boarding school that just like has hockey in the opportunity? Or is that a hockey boarding school, if that makes sense?
1: Um, so that's funny that you mentioned that. I think it's turning more into a hockey boarding school. Interesting. Um, yeah. So when we went, it was the program was going up and down. Um, they had its good years, had its down years. And then I think after I went there for three years, um, we had, we ended up setting a record for wins my senior year. And it kind of, I think after that turned a big page for them and getting better kids and, you know, just having a bigger spotlight on them. But the reason that I decided to go there was definitely a bigger part of the academics. Um, I mean, you you're gonna play all all the same competition and whatnot and be skating every day. But you know, if you don't have the grades and you know you're not a good student, then they're not gonna take you either way. So I was definitely focused on the academics just as much, if not more, than the hockey.
0: So that's when hockey becomes like, I mean, not that's probably not fair to say it became a large port, like part of your life. It it was definitely that before that, but that's when it became like serious like i go to school i play hockey this is who i am yeah. this is what i do type of thing so obviously it's very different up there in terms of hockey's kind of common and mainstream i couldn't even like like give you like a southern equivalent i don't think because there's not really like a southern regional sport i mean i guess it's like like high school football obviously it's way bigger football, in the south yeah. than it is but they have football up there like how exactly. how much different of a world for is for you just socially going <laughs> up there to where you're not the quiet kid at a Southern Charlotte high school or around Charlotte that, you know, plays the quirky hockey sport to where you're part of the mainstream. Now, did that help you socially?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, when I first went to, to boarding school, it was definitely super nerve wracking. Um, I was super quiet right off the bat, but then once I, I met my teammates and obviously right away and getting to know them, it's kind of much more relaxing to be able to, Be able to hang out with a lot of people that are like you, especially, you know, being down in the south and not only like not having any friends who play hockey at my school, but just being like so far away from that. You know, being in a small town down here, it's it's high school football and it's, you know, it's kind of it really And wrestling was huge at my school Um, hockey wasn't even the question so. I, I'm pretty sure I told somebody one time I play hockey and they asked if I meant ice hockey. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's,
0: that was a game changer. It sounds you like going up. Yeah. There and kind of sure. that so you get there and you start playing like, Ed, did you know you were a pretty good player? I know that sounds like a stupid question, but like, I imagine there was some version of it where you're not like, if you go up there and it doesn't work out and you realize you're maybe not good enough and you don't play enough, then you're probably would be, I mean, that that would make me kind of miserable. Like what the hell did I just get myself into? How confident did you know it was going to work out? Cause you were a kid that played, like you said, some triple A, which is the highest level youth hockey. Did you know you belonged up there at a place where it's more mainstream?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I honestly wasn't too confident at all. Um, I didn't really know yeah I didn't really know to what extent I was getting myself into you could say Um, like I went up there my first one of my first games at in boarding school Um, I'm a sophomore I'm a repeat sophomore I repeated my first year there Um, so I'm 16 years old and I'm lining up and there's kids who I'm I'm playing against who are drafted in the NHL or going to draft camps or NHL development camps and I'm I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh my God, like, am I prepared for this? Did I, you know, did I do what I needed to do to prepare for this? And, um, and I didn't, I had a really hard sophomore year and it was a really, really tough transition. Um, but the beauty of that was being able to say, wow, like I know exactly what I need to work on. And it's, it's so evident because I was young and I was under prepared and, um, I just didn't realize how hard it was. You know, I was a kid from the South who had always played hockey, and I was, like, the hockey guy, you know? So when you go up there and everybody's the hockey guy. the it's, it's way more competitive. Exactly, yeah. I'm no longer the hockey guy. I'm just kind of an average guy on the team, you know? So um, it's definitely way different. The kids, the older kids, that was, like, the biggest wake-up call was playing against um, – like seniors in high school who were an eight or a year older because they repeated like I did. That was definitely a nightmare for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so take me through that. You're about to get to the college choice at that point, you go through high school, you outlined earlier, you know, how big of a change that was. Uh You sound like you guys helped that program kind of become not on the map, but like kind of get more committed to hockey. What's the, yeah. I get so confused. The I know the NHL has a draft, but I get so confused on how that setup works give me all the paths of a high school kid whether that's nhl college hockey it seems a little baseball-ish where if you get like the stud 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 kid they can go straight to playing professional hockey maybe i have that Mm -hmm. completely wrong but what's that like and then kind of take me to whatever tier player you considered yourself what it was like for you so what's like the top level how does that work
1: so they're that's like the million dollar question. Twitter would blow up over that question. What okay. is what is the best path to, to college or to professional hockey? So this is There's, a debate
0: amongst the hockey like community still.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you, you you don't even know about juniors either. That's a whole nother a whole nother animal that's yeah, I see by your expression, you're yeah, like, dude, oh man, dude, what?
0: <laughs> take this wherever you want. Explain it to me like I'm four.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you are right. There's the best of the best, the cream of the crop. If they're good enough, they'll always be able to make it, right? No matter what sport you play or, or where you play. If you're good enough, you'll be able to make it. So you're um, talking
0: eighteen-year-old kid in that sense going to play in the NHL.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Not not necessarily out of out of high school. Um, usually they'll play in like Canada. It's called Major Junior. So when they'll play in like, uh, like that's where a lot of the studs come from like the, I don't know if you know, like the Sidney Crosby um, guys yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So just
1: so major junior up in Canada guys that didn't go to college.
0: So what do they do? Like, when can you be, how, how early can you be drafted by an NHL team? Take, like what, what happened with Crosby? Did he get drafted as a high school kid and then played the juniors or he'd already played it? What, what, what's that like?
1: Yeah. So there's guys like that who are just so exceptional that it's like, okay, he's obviously not going to, care about school he's just gonna go play hockey so guys like that go you can play juniors when you're 16 okay um and juniors there's a ton of different levels of juniors um there's some watered down teams that kids can play and then just end up or do it for fun and then just not playing college or anything and then there's other other leagues and other teams that 99 of the kids are either going professional or or going division one um, which is unbelievably hard in hockey sure um, but yeah there's so there's juniors that i played two years of juniors for example um, right after high school and then i ended up i played division three so there's other kids that played the same amount of time of juniors that went and played division one there's some kids one of my best friends my goalie he uh, went right to a division one school out of right out of high school there's other kids who play three years my best friend from Charlotte played three years of juniors and now he's playing division one so it's really there's after, now
0: you mentioned juniors after high school so you had a stretch where you were just playing hockey not going to school and then you came to school later yep oh
1: exactly
0: that doesn't sound you don't make that sound uncommon that's actually somewhat common
1: oh yeah that's it's it's like it's funny to laugh about now because I'm, I'm a sophomore in college and I'm 22 years old. Okay. So now looking back on it, it's like, yeah, I repeated uh boarding school. I played two years of juniors and this and that. It's like people look at you, it's like, oh my God, like what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, everybody, everybody really to play in college, no matter what what level. Again, like you said, unless you're the best of the best. Right. Um, a lot of colleges just want kids to to get more mature and bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff. And then oh.
0: So there's a. It sounds like there's a variety of paths. So that's fascinating, honestly. Yeah. I, this is a whole nother topic for another day, but like the fact that you <laughs> kind of took a couple of years and then went to college, I think is actually the route a lot of people should go. I think you appreciate it more. Um, yeah, in, for in some sure. senses. But like that's fascinating to me. So like when we're talking about, well, I, I can't tell you how many times on like college football radio, they're like, well, you got to remember these are only eighteen to twenty two year old kids. That doesn't sound like it's always the case in college hockey. So there is that common to have a bunch of older dudes in college hockey that are actually probably sounds like maybe 20 to 25 or something like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So basically everybody, yeah, that is common. Um, I mean, there's some teams that can just get all the studs that'll be, you know, a lot of kids that are drafted in the NHL and they're 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, but a lot of really successful teams, Division One and Division Three, have kids that have played two years of juniors or three years of juniors or whatever, um, and then enter as a 21-year-old sophomore or freshman, like I did. That's I think all of my freshman class was 21 years old. I think well, we're all 22 now.
0: As someone who may or may not have gotten an underage drinking ticket in college, <laughs> that actually sounds a lot less uh, stressful. Did so much
1: to- less stressful. <laughs> so regardless of what's happening it's so much less stressful yeah
0: you're fine so like that's, that's <laughs> a, so that's fascinating but so for the nhl draft like this just take me through this past draft like how many of them were college players how many of them was an 18 year old kid they took out of high school or juniors like when can you be drafted and like these studs like what are they like what's the makeup of the <clears throat> 2021 nhl draft like first six picks like what, what are those guys like what are their paths
1: So, honestly, with hockey, it's so diverse. And that's why it's so hard to make it to the NHL because there's kids for this year, this next upcoming draft, the top five kids could be all European, for example. And I, not that that's true, there might not be, but the top 10 or top 15, half of them could be kids that are playing in Sweden or Finland or Russia. And then these college kids are competing with those kids and the kids in Canada. Um, and Dude, the kids juniors. playing junior still. Yeah. Right. So wow. it's like, it could be all over the place. Like there's kids that get drafted sometimes from right out of high school. Uh, we played against a couple kids who were drafted, um, sometimes right out of juniors, a couple different leagues, uh, either in the, either in the United States or Canada. And then, um, other times kids get drafted out of college. I mean, it's all about development too. That's what juniors is all about. So if kids are developing, there's some kids that just really take off. Like he'll be pretty good hockey player up until he's 17. Then his last year of juniors, he just really takes off and then he could get drafted out of nowhere. So and that's you, what happens to a lot of
0: kids. So you can just get drafted by playing the juniors. Like you don't need like they, you don't necessarily need the college stage always at all. And you don't even necessarily need the high school stage. Like you, like if you blow Not up
1: necessarily.
0: Yeah. If you blow up. Yeah, for sure. Or In juniors, like there's, this is always variation. I don't mean to ask this as like a personal way, but like at that time, since like, are you on your parents' dime? Like, what are you doing playing junior hockey? Is it a thing where you're like adultish or you're working and playing hockey or are you just only playing hockey and like your parents are like kind of helping you out and then through or whatever. Like what's, what are you, what are you at in life playing juniors those first two years before you got to college? Like, what's that like?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different setups. Um, It really depends on how strict your schedule is. So playing in different leagues and playing for different teams, you'll have more time to either get a job or do whatever. Um, But, yeah, it is a lot of free time. Um, I was fortunate. I got to play in some cool places. Um, I played in Rochester, which – sorry, all the Rochester listeners, it wasn't the coolest. Um, Long Island. (laughs) We're not a big deal there. I think you're safe. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, Long Island, being being able to go into New York City was really cool. Um, and then I I got to play in Alaska actually, which was probably my favorite experience. And then uh, in New Hampshire, in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. So
0: when just you, being you all over the place, juniors, there is that where your team is located, or is that where the league yep. itself is located? Just the team. So you're basically the almost team. a professional athlete playing juniors.
1: Same lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously not getting
0: paid, but (laughs) lifestyle-wise, you're just playing hockey, and you're there because of that team is there, and that's how like that was your opportunity. So you're professional-ish in that sense.
1: Yep, exactly. So we wake up, and you have practice and workout, and you know you might have that day. You might have a community service thing that you got to go do, which is maybe like once or twice a week on average, and then you have the rest of the day or you got another workout or another skate or team stuff, but yeah, your life pretty much revolves around that.
0: That's so now I'm understanding it a little better. I was kind of grasping at straws, trying to get a better lay of the land stake. Why does someone need to go play college hockey then? Why is the, why would you not go play juniors and just not have to screw with the school? Is it scholarship? Like what's the advantage to going in and playing college, like major college hockey in particular?
1: So, when you play juniors, you can only play until you're twenty-one. Oh you age okay. out when you're twenty-one. Go. That's the yeah, the junior part of it. Um so a sense. lot of kids, yeah. A lot of kids will go and play juniors and then um if you, you know, don't get any deals, your age out year. It's kinda it's kinda it. It's the end of the road, you know. Okay. Unless you take off and you're good enough and you go to you can go to college before your age out year. There's just that's why when you ask the, what path to take there's, there's a, just so many different paths yeah there's a stud could go into college when he's 18 and be super effective or not or you could have a kid who's 21 years old who just got really good last year who's the best kid on the team now you know it's okay. really all about timing it's just
0: okay i crazy. see what we're getting at here so i'm guessing that tell me this is this could be completely stupid but it sounds like juniors are necessary there where you can play until you're 21. It's almost like an extension of high school just to kind of allow people not to catch up, but to kind of get everyone on the same page. I know that's probably not the right right way to describe it, but like my Mississippi, Mississippi does not have a high school hockey league. Like you can't go play hockey at your high school. And so I imagine if you're someone from the South, like you were for Charlotte, like you couldn't go play hockey for your high school. Is the exactly. juniors kind of a supplementary for that? It's almost seems like you can like it's like two years behind like a high school football recruit. Plays up until yeah. he's 18, signs, maybe goes to JUCO if he needs it. But this junior stuff kind of allows you a showcase, particularly for some people that may not have had it before. Does that is that kind of on the right tracks?
1: Yeah. So I think if you ask a lot of people who played the generation before us, if when if they played college hockey, they would say They didn't have to play juniors. Um, Okay. So I think a lot of schools, I think it used to be to catch up, to let kids catch up and um, to even get ahead and, you know, like I said before, take more skating lessons or get bigger, stronger, faster, whatever you got to do. But now there's just so many kids and it's so competitive that some kids can start playing juniors when they're 16, 17 years old. And when you're in that atmosphere, that professional atmosphere, you know, the colleges or whoever's recruiting you is going to take that over somebody who's just getting out of school. And then, um, you know, hasn't played, doesn't have any junior experience or anything like that.
0: How'd you end up at Suffolk then? I kind of got an idea of what this like, what was your goal when you were playing juniors? Like, did you want to go to college? Did you want to say to hell with it? I'll find a professional league to play in. How did you end up at Suffolk? What were your options?
1: So I, it kind of changed Based on what team I was playing for, so when I was playing in Alaska, my last year, um, we spent a lot of time in Minnesota. So I was looking at a lot of other schools out in the Midwest, um, a couple of schools in Chicago and Wisconsin, and then when I ended up going and finishing up my last year of juniors in New Hampshire, I said, "All right, um, you know, I just want to stay on the East Coast. I I know I'll be able to have a couple options that I would be happy with and." Um, as it came kind of more down to it, I realized that I wanted to be in Boston. I always loved Boston and, and the atmosphere of the city and the culture of the city. So, um, I ended up telling my coach, Hey, you know, I think this is where I want to be. You think there's an opportunity for me there and, and ended up working out. So it was really all because, you know, we, you ask all of our teammates or all my teammates, all of us say it's because we're right in downtown Boston. So you can't really beat it, especially playing hockey there.
0: What's it like being recruited is I'm I'm guessing you didn't get like 70,000 bucks in cash in a bag, like some sec linebackers get what, what's your (laughs) process like?
1: Um, it's been different. So it's been going on for a long time. It's started really like your junior year, my junior year of high school. Okay. Um, with a couple of visits and, um, it's just really strange with hockey because it takes so long because of juniors. And there's just so many other kids to look at from literally all around the world. So um, there's some kids that just don't get the looks right away and they start freaking out. And then there's other kids who, you know, take it day by day and end up committing in the last couple months of their eligibility when they can. So for me, it was, I kind of had a list of, you know, say different regions or different divisions that I would be interested in and wanted to go to. And again, since I'd been looking for so long, I'd been able to look up their majors and, and whatnot. And I actually have been able to meet so many kids too, that end up going to these schools and, you know, through boarding school and playing all over the place. So I was able to ask around some kids and, and hear through the grapevine about what it's like and a different situations and stuff like that. So.
0: And then one last thing I missed on the, the junior part of it, these teams are owned by people, right? And Porter wrote me a note. You guys could get traded.
1: Yeah. So.
0: (laughs) Wait. So take me through that. So you were like, I played in these different places that wasn't all necessarily by choice. You really are professionals other than what you're, you're not being paid like, like professionals. Yeah. They had teams and owners and they could trade you.
1: Exactly. Yep. So when I went from Rochester to Long Island, I got traded actually. Um, And I requested it. I just, it wasn't the right fit for me in Rochester. And I told my coach that, you know, I think it'd be better for me if if I got out of here, this is where I'd want to go. And he came in the locker room and he told me it was me and uh, one of my buddies, Sam Tober, who was my roommate there in Rochester. And we went to boarding school together too. And He came in and he was like, Tober, Valakat, pack your, pack your shit. You're out of here. You know, you're, you're going to Long Island. And we're like, sweet. Like, let's go. And now, so we found out who got traded the, uh, we got traded for two kids. They're now both on my team and I live with one of them. Oh no. One of my roommates. Yeah. Sam Rand. What's the, uh,
0: Oh, go ahead. Finish. That's
1: awesome. I was just going to say, it's just funny. We both got traded for each other and, we been playing against each other for so long because he went to boarding school too, had a similar path. So we saw – I saw him walking out of the locker room, and I was like, no way. Like, that's who we, we came here <laughs> for, you know, like it was you. <laughs> so that's, that's wild.
0: So when you have owners and teams and you can be traded, this is probably a stupid question if they're owning the team and those programs been around, are they making money? Like you have like gate revenue and like, it's lucrative to own one of these teams. What like, what's, what's the benefit of that? I imagine if they're trading you, it's pretty, pretty fucking competitive. Like what, what is that yeah. like for like the
1: structure? So I don't know what the terms are of all these trades. I'm sure there's, you know, more that goes into some of these other trades at higher levels too. Um, like, there's stories of some kids that are just like given things when they get traded or for signing places and um, like sweet setups or sweet houses to live in and stuff like that. The program's um, giving you a house. Yeah. So we all live together in a house. I mean, we paid rent, but every month, but. Um, How are you making rent? Parents. Okay. okay or, we'd, got or we'd work. So we'd, I, I got help from my parents um, and I was able to work too, but. Okay. So who like how many people are you playing in front of on a given night? Depends where you play. So, so there, there,
0: these leagues have fan like real fans. It's not just like yeah. A, okay, God, it, God. It. Now, so now we in now, Alaska. It's like minor we league before you get to college almost.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. We had like I think we would average like twelve hundred fans in okay. Alaska. We'd have like intermission shows. We'd have jersey auctions. Like skate with the team, all that stuff.
0: That's uh, that's something. Okay. So now I got it. So you're yeah. at Suffolk last thing before we get to the fun stuff. Cause I have so many awful questions to ask you about how hockey works and how it's played. <laughs> the, uh, you end up at Suffolk is give, take me through the D one D two D three thing. Like if, so, like if uh, Boston university had called you, I'd imagine you'd be there tomorrow, but what is the drop off between one, two, like division one, two, and three? I imagine it's not the exact same as football.
1: No, it's very slim. Um... Really? And there's, oh, yeah, so there's a lot of kids that D2 is not really that much of a thing in hockey. Um, I wish it was, and I wish it sounds like it should, where it goes, right. the skill level and everything goes D1, D2, D3. Um, but there's just not that many schools that have hockey. You know, like like you mentioned before, you guys don't have a hockey team down in Mississippi, but everybody has football, right, right. or everybody has basketball, no matter where you are. Um, so it makes it that much more competitive really when you only have, I think there's like 60 division one schools for hockey and you got kids from all over the world fighting for those 60 spots, Right. you know,
0: that makes, more so it's sense. just,
1: it's ultra competitive. Yeah. Especially in division one. And, and then you got kids that have different timing and different paths and it's just, it can be overwhelming for sure. Like there's just so many kids and so much that goes into it and, and choosing the right path and, you know, just trying to do the right thing or cause somebody goes and plays for this team, but doesn't work out for them. And then you have to go to another team or another league or whatever. There's just a ton that goes into it.
0: And I imagine some of the D one part of it is out of like the hockey programs control. I imagine some of it's like what the school is in other sports and stuff like that. I would imagine to some degree, That's, so that's fascinating. And now I get that a little more because, and I knew this wasn't the case with you because Portner gave me like the lowdown, but like, I don't mean to like knock anyone, but like, uh, when I, if I ever heard like, oh, this guy played division three football at Millsaps, which is the college in Jackson, smaller college, like more power to him. I'm sure he's a good athlete but it's like, Oh, this guy really loves football. And he just wanted to continue to pursue it. Whereas with you, the comp, like the comp- the competition is not a drop. Like Millsaps could never go step foot in the same stadium as an old miss. It-, it would be a-, a safety hazard. Quite frankly, it's, it's yeah. so much <laughs> slimmer D one and D three in hockey. And it has mostly to do with the lack of opportunity at D one is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like okay. all of our, all the kids that we've played with and, like, guys on my team, all of the kids that they've played with growing up are all playing either – like, they've all played D1 or, or even playing pro. One Sam, my roommate Sam, one of his good buddies is playing for the Blackhawks right now in Chicago that he Whoa. played with for – yeah.
0: So, so it's it, just, it wouldn't
1: be unheard of to a kid from your school to make the NHL? The NHL is a bit of a stretch, but there's definitely guys that, that play pro out of Division three for sure, okay. whether it's here or in Europe. Gotcha. Um, and you can make, they make like, you know, good money, obviously, if they graduate with the degree and then decide to keep playing. So,
0: so the pro options make, are like basketball, like you can go make good money yeah. playing basketball overseas. It all depends on the league. It's not America or bust by any stretch, which I knew that to some degree. I know Russia's got a good one. There's a couple leagues over there. Like I knew that, but you, there's real opportunity yeah. to play professional and it doesn't really matter if you're D1, D2, D3.
1: Yeah, exactly
0: okay so now the fun stuff you're a forward what do you do yep
1: so <laughs> i'm a winger um okay so basically oh it's so hard to explain it's just such a fast game there's not even one place that i stay on the ice like okay i'm supposed to stay on the right side we'll put it that way um and basically go up and down my right side or the right side of the ice but I just feel like we're always switching and always going all over the place. So you'll probably see me if you ever get a chance to see our our team play. You'll probably see me all over the ice and be like, "Why is he not on the right side?" Okay. (laughs) So what do you?
0: So (coughs) a better way to start this: you're a winger. You're. um, You you outline what that is. What are like? Give me like. I know there's variations, just like football. You have different variations. What's the very like the what you have to have on the ice at one time that give me the general lowdown of that.
1: So you got three forwards. It's two wingers, a left wing and a right wing, um, and then a center. Those are the three forwards. And then you have two defensemen, a left defenseman, right defenseman, and then one goalie. Gotcha. Um, But everybody can skate all over the place. So I could line up as a a winger and then switch and play center. So it's like there's no really restrictions. I'm pretty sure like soccer and stuff, you can't go – all over the place.
0: What's your job and how is it different from a defenseman?
1: So I'm supposed to score the goals. Okay. Um, Doesn't always work like that, but um, basically the defenseman's job, obviously to not let them score, but to be able to move the puck up to us, the forwards, um, usually forwards are a bit tinier, maybe a little bit quicker. Um, Although it is changing where defensemen are, are moving much better and they're just not as big and sluggish, but their job really is to move it up to us. And um, basically, whatever style we're playing, we either chip the puck in and go get it or try to make some flashy moves and get it in. But
0: OK, so the, the four that you mentioned with the center and the two wingers, like that seems pretty self-explanatory in the sense like you guys are a lot more of like the offense, like you're in charge of whatever way that is. You mentioned exactly. goals. what makes a good defenseman?
1: that's a good question so there's a lot of different types um again back to basically like that fit on your team um so we have defensemen who all of them could be the same importance but one of them can't skate nearly as well but he has a really good shot um or one will take the puck away from you anytime but he can't really shoot the puck um so I guess really the best defenseman that I would want to play with is just like the overall package, really good skater, really good passes. That's probably the biggest thing is passing. Okay. If, if you have a defenseman that can't pass the puck, it's, it's really hard to start and get out of your own zone, you know, to get Why out they- of your own defensive zone.
0: Okay. So okay. Now, now I've got who's playing, how that works. I can kind of see the picture in my head. <laughs> Why, uh, why uh why are there lines? Uh, well, no, that's a stupid question. I know you would get absolutely exhausted. Does everyone have the same amount of lines? Like there there aren't teams that play like five lines versus like four. What's the line process like?
1: So, I mean, there's probably a pretty standard four lines and seven okay. defensemen. Um, but so I think lines are just I,
0: for the front line. That doesn't count defensemen.
1: Well, it's four lines of forwards, and then you'd have three defensive pairings, oh, and okay, then okay, I got you. one extra defenseman. Or you could have four lines of forwards, um, one extra forward, and then six defensemen or whatever. Okay. Um, So different coaches do it different ways, but we usually go four lines and um, an extra defenseman, seven defensemen.
0: What goes into selecting who's on what line are your – obviously front line, I imagine you want the best players to start the game, but what's like – is there like a huge drop-off between first and fourth line? Take me through the line hierarchy
1: yeah so again it's really all about the fit like it's just crazy that i mean you've probably heard being in sports it's just not always the most talented team but the team that works together the best um so our first line for example it's and a lot of teams it's usually more skilled faster guys that can you know there's stars of the team and whatnot um that can make better plays and and play fast and score the goals and then um your second line's usually the same maybe not as talented as the first but um you you count on the first and second line really those are your goal scorers and those are the guys that you put out there when when you need to to tie the game up or whatever um and then your third and fourth line those are the guys that usually are just hard working and will go in there and get you the puck back and you know throw some hits and clear the puck out not let up any goals hopefully What's the
0: minutes dispersion between lines? I know it probably varies some nights, but like, I guess like you wouldn't call fourth liners like bench warmers per se. What's the rotation like?
1: Honestly, I mean, the better guys are going to play usually on any team, Um, but different coaches do it different ways. Like if everybody's playing well, I played for teams that coaches would play everybody. It doesn't matter. Like. If you're playing well and having a good game, then you're going to go out there. But excuse me, there's been other times um, played for teams where some guys are having great games. And for whatever reason, they're sitting on the bench and, you know, they're not seeing the ice as much. And then coach plays favorites or whatever, or you just see something else in other guys. But usually, I mean, on an ideal team, you can play your top three lines almost all the same. And then you mix in your fourth line or even more ideally you can play all four lines, but a lot of the times teams can just play their top three lines and then that's probably good.
0: So if you're in particularly like even like the top two, like you're pretty much what you would consider like a starter in football, basically like you're a major contributor on the team. Okay. that makes Yeah. I mean, and
1: then there's some teams that can start their fourth line even like those are the, the really deep teams or the teams that can beat you not just because they have, you know, really skilled guys, but the right guys, for example.
0: How many dudes are on your bench that aren't on lines or is everyone on a line? Like, is there, is everyone on a hockey team playing every night except maybe the backup goalie or is that, how does that work?
1: No. So we have scratches too. Okay. Um, I think we have probably like five or six scratches, um, that rotate in and out of the lineup and they're basically just fighting for a spot, being able to play on the weekend. Um, so they could have a really good weekend and have a really bad week of practice and then you're not know, playing the next weekend
0: how in the nhl how many guys can dress out a night
1: um i think 23 i'm pretty certain
0: so is that you have five nights that's four lines a backup goalie and like two extras basically
1: so that's four lines and then you have yeah, you have four lines, an extra, an extra forward. Okay. That's 13. And then you have six defensemen. Okay. 19. Your goalie 20. Backup goalie 21. And then an extra defenseman. Gotcha. Okay. Or, now, or now an I extra got defenseman and an extra forward. It depends on what you want to do. How long do you guys play in spurts? I know
0: coaches do it, but like generally what's like a line rotation like
1: if you're working hard, like a minute. Really? Just a, a minute sprint. Yeah. If you're you'll go
0: play a minute and you like you get after for a minute, they'll have you back on the bench. How long are you sitting on if you're a first liner? Like,
1: if the game is just going smoothly and it's running through like no penalties or anything or whatever, um, probably like two, two, three minutes maybe. And then, I mean, if that's if everything, if everybody has an exact minute shift, you know, some guys you could get stuck out there in the D zone or, or whatever where you can't make a good change or. Is you that got a the puck for too long. To
0: a line change, is that a coaching skill set?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Matchups and and being able to know who to put out and what situations and all that—it's definitely a skill.
0: Interesting. So, have you had like coaches before that like you kind of knew like didn't know what they're doing? You're like, why is this asshole pulling this line here and all that? Like, how does
1: like? It,
0: you yeah. question it in game a lot?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, you you try not to. I try not to think too much about stuff like that, but. There's sometimes it's like, man, like we really need one right now where we're only up by one. You know, why is – why are we going with this combination or we know that these guys don't work as well together or whatnot? Um, yeah, there's definitely – we'll tap each other and be like, "Are you sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you fight? Can't in college. Really? Um, uh, yeah. You can't with a cage. Everywhere that you have a cage. Okay. So and juniors, have have we could college. Yeah. Juniors, we could. Juniors, we wear the visors just like, uh, like in professional, like the NHL.
0: Do you have a crazy fight story?
1: Unfortunately, not. No. I only challenged one guy. I'm what is that? Five, mean? nine. So, <laughs> so this was after, this was in Alaska and he smoked me pretty good. And I was pissed. I think we were maybe losing, um, or tie game. It was a really close game, and I was pissed. So I, I, got up and I got in his face, and you know, I gave him a couple cross checks back, probably like right to the chest or something. And he probably said something smart to me. And I, and we're at center ice now because you know they blew the whistle. We both got a penalty. And he said something, and he made a smart remark. And I asked him. I said, "Yeah, like you, let's go right now then." And I was like, "Let's dance right now. Come on." And I was, like, telling him, trying to get him to drop his gloves, and he skated away. And I remember sitting in a the, the penalty box. Yeah, I was sitting in the penalty box. So I was like, whoa, like, what? I was just, like, I had no idea. I didn't even realize that I asked that kid to fight. Like, I was just in, on autopilot there. <laughs> you got a penalty for asking him to fight? No. So, we got a penalty just for, like, cross-checking each other before. Oh, okay. Like, so, that's met, like
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. They just gave us both a penalty to, I guess, control the game, but. I remember I was sitting there and I was like, like, what was I, I don't know. Like, what was I going to do? I just kind of wing it. And <laughs> so
0: I, I guess it's probably different in professional hockey. Cause you mentioned you can't do it where you have the cages, but do you have like dudes on teams that are notorious? Like don't screw with this guy.
1: Oh yeah. You have fighters and juniors for sure. There's so- guys that you'll, you'll trade for to. I mean, it's just like professional in that sense. If you have young skill guys, you'll trade for a couple of big boys that, protect those kids oh wow so that's actually
0: like a fighting is like something that goes into player eval not huge but like you kind of want to have a little muscle on it because just kind of like yeah. in basketball like <clears throat> you know people might not like draymond green but he brings that kind of level of like toughness and like he'll back can you, you up. mix you it up. go into a street fight that there's a lot more of that in hockey it sounds like
1: exactly yeah okay
0: so you're not that guy
1: um not by my frame no okay five nine like 170 so no i usually can't go after all the big boys but okay (laughs) um i think i I play bigger than i am for sure i I like that i like to talk yeah Oh, i like to have fun with it
0: hockey players are incredible shit talkers and have ridiculously awesome insults how much trash talk is going on on the ice on a given night
1: I, I love it. I think it's funny. So even if it's folks? a good. Anything, any, anything that comes to mind, obviously you gotta, you gotta censure it. But I mean, anything, I just try to go with the funny stuff. Like I'll always tell guys, like if some guys you look at, you find like the super serious guy in the ice, who's like trying to stay super focused. Now tell him to say like, Hey man, like your socks untied, go check it out. And they'll like, look down at me. And I just like, think that's the funniest thing. And like, now he's like all thrown off. Or I'll ask him on a face-off. I'm like, hey, like, you think you're going to win this? Or, like, I'll start talking to the ref and this and that. I don't know. I just yeah. like to have fun with it. Just, like, things that guys wouldn't expect, you know?
0: So, there's probably one, like, a, that's like an NFL defensive back. Draymond Green is another example that I keep using. Like, he loves to talk. Are there four or five dudes on the ice at a time at least doing that? That seems you – make, you make it sound like it's more widespread. There's a lot more dudes yeah. that are talkers.
1: Yeah. So, there's some guys, like – I don't know. You know the barstool sports, obviously. Yeah, in the, their podcast. Ryan
0: Whitney. So I, I don't. I, that's one of the I've, I've discovered him because he went on Pardon My Take and was yeah one, routinely one of the most funny interviews. He's hilarious. <laughs> that's where I got a couple of the questions. What's like your uh, what's like your favorite uh, insult? The Muppet. What what kind of
1: give me some Muppet? Uh, call guys like a pigeon or something. <laughs> like dude, like you're just a pigeon. Like what are you saying? What pigeon? <laughs> Just like 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 you're a loser, man. Like you're just like, you I don't know, you're just a pigeon, you know? Like what are you doing out here? <laughs> Is I just at the best chirps are when you can come up with one just like right away. Like if somebody says something to you and you can just come up with something r- like right back to them. And some kids will be like, what? Like how did you come up with that or just say something like really like just out of left field? Just catch kids off guard. They're like, man, like what are you talking about? what's a Muppet Muppet. Same. I mean, it's all the same lingo. It's all just like, dude, like kid who's just yapping his mouth. Like just like probably somebody who's always complaining to the refs. Like, dude, like you're a Muppet. Like why constantly complaining?
0: To use a uh, soft example, like what's like a soft play in hockey? Like what's like, I'll give you an example that much, much different <laughs> This is going to make me sound like the most Jackson private school could ever, <laughs> in a, in youth golf, like a kid that would use like a push card instead of carrying his own bag. It's just like, come on, dude. Like what a yeah. wuss, unless you have like an injury or something. What's like a, uh, what's like a wuss move in hockey, like football, wearing sleeves you get made fun of what's a wuss hockey guy.
1: So, I mean, there's the one everybody always makes funny if you, if you like clear tape your ankles or, or tape your ankles up. That's like a classic one. Everybody, because if your ankles bend, then they'll call you a bender. That's like an old, old joke, I guess. It's kind of worn out over the years. Um, I don't know, really. Honestly, that's like, that's the big one. Just like being taping your ankles, or I mean, basically, like, it's funny. You'll see like a kid in the game or if he's going to chip a puck in, or if he sees he's going to get hit or something like he'll like move the puck out of the way. And everybody's like, Oh, like he saw it coming. Like, why? You know, come on, like, you know, toughen up, keep the puck. Why'd you get rid of it?
0: <laughs> okay. I like that. So like, what, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this, like what, what value does a guy like I like think the one I'm thinking of, like what's your opinion on Tom Wilson? that's a guy for those who don't know anyone about hockey is always in fights. He's gotten fines. Take it over the edge. What do you like? We'll start there. Actually, what are the unwritten rules? Like what don't you do? In hockey? I know if you touch the goalie, they come light your ass up. What's like, your, yeah. what's a no-no that dudes cross the line of, like when you're out skating on the ice, that's a better way to ask.
1: I mean, obviously you're going to get hit in hockey. It's a tough sport. There's there's big boys out there. So guys, really, if you watch NHL games, guy guys like, let go of things so easily I even watch sometimes and like there's guys that will get hit and like be held on the boards for like an extra three seconds and they just don't retaliate I mean there's more obvious things that guys will stand up for you for like like hitting the goalie like you said or or hitting somebody from the behind or or in the head or something like that um I mean really it's just the cheap stuff like we we love going out there there's nothing more fun than playing like A hard fast you know even just like a chippy game as long as like nobody's out there killing each other you know once because you're you're going so fast and these guys are so big like you're skating on the ice you get smoked from behind like guys get taken off on stretchers and stuff you know it's serious stuff so as long as there's nothing like that no no scummy business
0: no (laughs) scummy I'm sure there are dudes that are notorious. Like you, do you know who the Tom Wilson per se is on another team? And for to use an example, as for those out there listening, I was going to try to outline earlier. That guy seems like he's always right at the line about to cross it. He's I've watched some plays. I don't know anything about hockey, but he's had a couple where like I don't like I mentioned. I don't know the nuances of sport, but I'm like I know you're not supposed to do that. I know that's kind of a bullshit move. He reminds me of like Vontez Burfitt uh, in football from a couple years ago. Um, so no, uh, so that guy's had some like pretty scary hits, like, uh, like stuff where like, I remember I was watching one, one time actually prepping for this interview where like a dude was sort of like bent over doing something near the boards and he hit him to where the guy hit his head on the boards and like his neck crunched up. Like, yeah. obviously I don't think anyone's necessarily a fan of that, uh, by any stretch, but like, do you know who on the other team is kind of like that type of guy most nights?
1: Um, if there more is more juniors, yeah, more in juniors, um, at least for me, this is kind of my first year of college hockey, even though I'm a sophomore, I, uh, obviously with COVID last year, I didn't really get to play or have a season at all. Sure. Um, but I remember there'd be nights in juniors, especially in Alaska, we'd be playing some teams and it's like, oh man, like <sighs> Woods is playing tonight. You know, that's, that's the guy, you know, don't hit him the wrong way or don't, Hack him in the back of the leg because you know he'll fight you right away and he's a big boy or whatnot, but yeah, definitely more in juniors. Um, thank you, definitely more in juniors, um, than in college.
0: Okay, so now that we got the uh, the oh, have you actually had another great question? You ever lost a tooth?
1: No, I haven't. Um, a lot of kids that I've played with have.
0: Is that a stereotype or do you lose teeth a lot?
1: guys definitely lose teeth. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised I haven't lost any. I, I don't know. I, I just took a lot right in the jaw and in the, in the chin. Luckily not any in the teeth. Um, especially when you play juniors and you have the visor, a lot of kids just their sticks come up and I don't know you things happen so fast. You can't even react.
0: Are you a wuss? If, it, if, if a lost tooth causes you to do anything, but other continuing to play hockey
1: um honestly in the middle of the game maybe yeah (laughs) i would i would think so i don't want to say yeah because if if it ever happened to me and i like just an excruciating pain like i know i would be i would definitely have to take a minute but um yeah guys especially in hockey just get beat up and then go right back out there i don't know how
0: People love to joke about, like, hockey guys being tough and basketball players being soft and all that. That's, you, know, you know, fashion <laughs> basketball is one of my favorite Whitney segments or whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's just a total. league. Yeah, exactly. Softly, what, uh, yeah. But, like, it's a stereotype for a reason. Give me, like, a – I'll take, you whatever, take this whichever way you want to, of, like, the injuries and the amount of crap hockey dudes play through.
1: Oh, it's – unbelievable it's it's kind of scary some of the guy or some of the things that guys will play through there's guys that play on broken legs and broken bones punctured there's a guy bergeron yeah uh, who played for the bruins he played with a punctured lung separated shoulder cracked ribs and a torn like hip flexor or something like that it's like dude like what are you doing? how you even walk and let alone getting hit by these other 230 pound men you can't you know, breathe like, with like crack ribs no it's like that's what i'm saying how do you even do that is that just the culture of the sport i think so yeah i mean it's i don't even know how that started i mean it's i guess it's just like the typical like uh you know you got to be tough be strong whatever but I mean, there's seriously guys who will get cut and, or take pucks to the face and get stitched up and then go right back out. Like, it's unbelievable. It really is. You see it in the – like, you have, like, the famous stories that
0: happen in the playoffs every year, but I bet there's even more ridiculous ones that you don't hear about just because oh. of you follow hockey close. It's insane. What's the worst injury you've ever had?
1: Uh, I broke my collarbone three times. That just um, from hitting I just... or getting hit? Yeah, getting hit. Okay. Um, uh, my, my cage comes down and hits me. Um, I'm just casually coming off of a broken hand. Oh I haven't okay. played in a couple weeks, but um I should be back over break, so I'll add that one to my resume. Um handful of concussions, just you know, sprains and and torn hips and all that. Um the collarbones are probably the worst, probably okay. the most painful. I've gotten cut by a skate. Right along my hand. That's a hell of a scar. How much fingers. blood was
0: involved in that bad boy?
1: It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. How long were you out? Um. So that happened when I was, I think 11 and I had to keep my hand like this wrapped and stitched for like a month and a, probably like six weeks, maybe month and a half. And I had to keep the stitches in and my fingers like this. I couldn't bend them at all. Um, and I had it wrapped in bandage. It probably took me like two months until I was able to move my fingers again.
0: That uh is that your left or right hand?
1: That's your left Le- hand, right?
0: Oh, left right.
1: hand, yeah. Okay, that's same left one hand. I broke too.
0: You can <laughs> end up in a serious problem. Are you right? No, you're left-handed, aren't you? I I read that on your bio.
1: Lefty and hockey, yep. I write with my right hand. Okay. I that all over the place.
0: I was about to say, well, that was say writing – Oh, yeah. What's going on in the bathroom? That could be a real tough situation. <laughs> like if you can't bend your hand, that's a exactly. tough one. Uh, have you ever taken a puck to the face?
1: Puck to the face. Yeah. I've what, With the visor, happened? yeah. What just happened? It's like classic deflection off of a stick, like right into the cheek. And no matter what, like, you know, no matter what, if you get hit in the nose, it's, it's just brutal. like, ah, oh, yeah, it's brutal. So I got hit, and immediately I'm like, oh, my, my eyes start watering. I'm grabbing my nose and everything. And the worst one is when you get hit in the neck. If you, like, are in front of the front of the net and a puck comes up, you can't see it, and it hits you, like, anywhere in here. Ugh, I would way rather, honestly, get hit in the face than I think, like, pelted in the neck with the puck. You would That's rather be worse. hit in the
0: face with the puck than the neck.
1: Yeah. Okay. Honestly, because it's just, like – get hit in the face it's like yeah it sucks, but whatever the neck it's like oh like i don't need something i can't see it like something might be really wrong with me i don't know (laughs) okay so that's probably a
0: good way to segue what are you what's the obviously hockey you got the sweater you got the shoulder pads what else are you wearing it's gloves it's a helmet what's what's your protection padding like
1: so the cup and jock obviously and then shin pads pants um skates are protecting your feet and all that um, shoulder pad, elbow pads, helmet and gloves. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty suited up. There's definitely a lot going on. The least amount of padding is probably in the pants, honestly. Right. Is there in the anyone
0: head. psycho enough to play without a cup or is that required?
1: You know what? I, I don't know if I'd say this on the podcast. I did play without a cup for a while. It is that just, illegal? Is that why it? you shouldn't
0: say it? Or are you just saying, cause you're not, that's not a smart thing to do.
1: Not a smart thing. And I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I took it out. I think, um, to when I was washing all my stuff and I just forgot to put it back in. And I was like, man, this is just so much more comfortable. And then I just didn't think about it for like two or three months. Did and it take like, getting right.
0: hit in the balls to put the cup back in? Or are you finally just like, I'm going to stop testing fate.
1: Yeah, it was getting close. There were some <laughs> close calls and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know anymore. Like I've done it for too long. I'm going to run out of luck for sure.
0: What do you think your greatest uh, strength as a hockey player is? Like what makes you good? What do you think is what you, what you bring best to a team?
1: That's a good question. Um, I would think my speed. Okay. I'm not a huge guy, but I always like to play fast. Um, whether it's, you know, moving the puck fast or making decisions fast or, or anything. I just – I like to play really fast, which is obviously more fun, but it, it helps keep the flow of the game going, which is how I like to play. I don't like to play very stop and start um, and not being a big guy. I don't really hit too much.
0: <laughs> um, who's the fastest guy you think in the NHL?
1: Uh, McDavid. For sure.
0: And that's. Connor the, McDavid. Is he, is that, I'm going to test my knowledge here.
1: Is that Islanders? Same colors. Oilers. Damn it. Oh, that is. Okay. I I think, yeah. I think a guy from the M- map bars all, I think he technically is, uh, is like the, has the fastest lap at the NHL skills competition. Okay. Um, which is confusing. Cause I do have the same color jerseys, but okay. Um, There's just so many different like ways that guys skate. I think McDavid is, is the fastest guy. He's just his athleticism and his, you got to watch videos of him sometimes. It's just the things that he does that how fast he's going. It's absolutely unbelievable.
0: How many different styles of hockey uh, are played? And like, what's your favorite type of hockey to play? What's that like from a strategy standpoint? Because it's so different in every sport I find it fascinating and I'll get to the coaching part in a second, but just what, like, what's the different styles? What's your favorite style of hockey to play?
1: Yeah. So me, um, I think it's changed over the last few years. Um, I used to like to just kind of chip the puck in and, and work really hard and go and get it and try to be a scrappy little guy. But now I, uh, I definitely like to play with the puck more. It's a lot of fun for me and it's really satisfying for me to, be able to make good plays and, and make smart decisions with the puck. So I hate having to get rid of the puck, which some teams will tell you to just send it in and try to go get it, you know, dump it behind the defenseman or whatever, and, and try to go get it back. But I like to play with the puck much more now. It's much more fun.
0: How much it's fascinating to me seeing coaching changes in hockey, because you've had a guy like, uh like torts. Uh, yeah, Ben seems like he's been a bajillion <laughs> different places. Obviously, if he keeps getting jobs, he knows something. But hockey coaching coaching changes can be kind of uh, can be kind of bizarre. How much does coaching play into it? Like, I'm trying to think, like a like in college football, if you hire hate him or love him, it's actually probably a good example. Urban Meyer, <laughs> because he good recruit well, like you're probably going to win in college. How much does coaching play into it? To where? Like I talked to someone about soccer one time. We have like a spoof segment on this podcast where we try to pretend like we know shit about the EPL. They sack (laughs) managers for nothing. So there's clearly not a ton you can do. How much does coaching factor into teams, programs, and games?
1: Yeah. um, I think that's a huge thing that people are going through right now. um, And organizations are going through right now. I don't know if you've seen with the Blackhawks, they're everybody, their GM, their coaches, everybody shuffling around. Um, but they've been a really good, really good team and won two Stanley Cups, at least one Stanley Cup, um, in the last handful of years. So, coaching is kind of—I mean, in my opinion, it's really everything. You know, you could have not the best team or not the best best players, um, but if you have the right guy behind the bench and he can motivate you and and do the right things and say the right things, then you know, you—I think you'll have a much better chance than. you have some guy who's just you know nonchalant and whatever um you know and you even if you have a team of really good guys and you can't bring together those kids and and make them a team then I don't think you're going to be very successful so I think it's huge I think being able to be open with your coach and talk to your coach and and you know have good relationships I think that translates into to your team and the performance and and all that so
0: how much in-game adjustments are there to be made in hockey?
1: A lot, a lot. Um, okay, which is it's easy to see when coaches are paying attention to, because you'll be able to see if they adjust or not, and that's when you'll you'll see teams just kind of either get killed or they can kind of turn the games around if they're losing or whatever. But um, I mean, for example, if like I said, if one team is is not dumping the puck in if they're not passing the puck and they're just kind of holding on to it, then you're going to have to adjust by that. Or if a team is really beating you down low and moving the puck really well, then you're going to have to adjust in your defensive zone and um, maybe not be chasing everybody around so much or whatever.
0: What makes a good shooter? How do you practice shooting and get better at shooting? Is it as simple as just aiming for different parts of the goal and having better accuracy? What makes like, what goes into practicing shooting? How do you get better as a shooter?
1: So now it's just, that's a good question too. That's a really interesting question because it's so different now than it was even 15, 10, 15 years ago. Goalies are just so much better. They're just so much more athletic and to be able to score. Now, if you see in the NHL, either guys are shooting hundred miles an hour or whatever, or they're literally just dragging it around people. And we call it changing the angle all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean you really just got to mix it up it's whatever you can do to get it around to the defenseman and and then pass the goalie.
0: So it's velocity it's or what you do beforehand it sounds like actually than sending the shot. Like how much can you actually control a shot in terms of accuracy? I know generally but
1: it, is it that precise? Um given time and space yeah there's guys that can really put it exactly where they want. What's really impressive is if you watch in the NHL guys that are able to do those same kind of shots but going however fast their top speed and going around everybody and then being able to, you know, fit it in a space that's only six inches wide or whatever, you know, versus being able to just do it in practice.
0: Is the uh, the happy Gilmore – ridiculous slap (laughs) shot guy is that an actual like we want this guy because he hits absolute rockets or is that a more of a it sounds maybe i'm wrong but i'll go throw a hockey ticket is that an outdated way
1: of doing it yeah for sure everyone hits it hard now yeah there's i mean even the young guys like there's some guys who aren't as aren't as strong it's just all there's so much technique that goes into it now just the way you can lean on a stick or you know, let your wrists roll. The puck can come off so much faster. And there's so much technology and sticks now. It's not just, you know, a piece of wood that guys are just slapping a puck with anymore. There's just so much detail that goes into it from the technology and from a shooter standpoint.
0: Do you slap shot a lot? And do you like record like, is it like a radar gun type thing or like, damn, I absolutely nuke that. Or like, what, what's your favorite type of shot? I guess
1: <laughs> I do like taking slop shots. There was okay. one, there was one point in juniors where that was like, that would get me fired up the most in warm-ups. So like everybody's like coming into the building, the music's going. And like, I got my helmet unbuckled and I'm just ripping slop shots just having a Love good that. time. Yeah. It, that, that, that was the most fun for me at one point. Um, I don't know. I don't really take a lot in games. I honestly don't have enough time or space um, to where I think if I take a slap shot, like this is the best chance I'm going to score. Usually it's just like a quick little wrist shot. You know, you you get the puck and you really only have, even in D3, you only have a, maybe a second or a second and a half at most to be able to get the puck, know where you're going to shoot it or pass it and then be able to shoot it in that spot.
0: Do defensemen take more slap shots because they're the guy at the top of that deal?
1: Yeah. Okay, that
0: makes sense. And their sticks are not the same. They're longer sticks. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about height or mostly about height. Uh, When you get older, it comes down more to preference. Okay. So, like, I used to have my stick at my nose. Now I have it below my chin. Just I like the way it feels. It's different to be able to control the puck.
0: So it's really just preference. So defense, like it's not as concrete as all defensemen sticks are longer than like forward sticks.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. there's some guys, there's some super skilled defensemen who have super short sticks. For example, it's just all about what you want.
0: Are there such thing as hockey puck uh, puck hogs? To where it's like, dude, why the hell
1: are you shooting
0: this? Does that happen?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. Honestly, there's sometimes where it's the opposite. Now it's like, why aren't you shooting this? really there's some guys that just some guys that just want to make like too many plays like there's just opportunities where they can shoot it and there's just a lot of guys that are are too selfless and want to make a better pass and set somebody up than just shoot it in by themselves
0: that uh that's interesting i've never thought that some people are like i would actually rather pass than score this thing myself yeah what um when you like if you've how do you gauge you having a good game? I know it varies on some nights, but like, do you, you know, in basketball, like, you know, if you have 28 and 15, it may not be the most impactful all the time. Like all Russell Westbrook or something, but 28 and 15, still 28 and 15. How do you value how you played on a given night as a hockey player? Is it, I imagine it goes well beyond statistics.
1: Yeah. Um, for sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of games that are even just like two to one or even one, nothing games. um, we're just not a lot is going on for me. I always try to gauge it on how much of an impact I thought I made. So I always try to break down my game. So if I don't score a goal, then first I'll think, okay, how many goals was I on against four? And then if it's none, it's like, okay, well, how many times, how many shots did I have? And then how many penalties did I take? Or what I always think about is, you know, if I'm in the puck in my defensive zone, how many times did I turn the puck over? That's always one that I think about and I try to limit um, or like bad turnovers, stuff like that, you know, because if I turn the puck over after a really good shift in the offensive zone and then they go down and score a shift and a half or two shifts later, it still could be on me because I, you know, I turned the puck over and we had the momentum. So anything like that, just however I can impact the game, if, if I'm not scoring or not doing something, I always try to think of something else that I could do.
0: Is it for, is it, uh, is it challenging when you're having a bad game? Because it doesn't sound like you can get yanked. It's not like a quarterback where you're like the hell with this. He's having a terrible day. We're just going to go with the backup because it sounds like you're all you got. So if you're having a bad game, you better either grit your teeth and get through it or sack up and play better. Cause you know, it doesn't exactly. sound like you can get benched. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you can there's play some less, coaches. But- yeah, exactly. Like you're, When you're dressed, that's what you got. The team in front of you is all the coach has. So um, it's really frustrating when you're having a bad game because you could have everything go really well for you, and then you could have one bad bounce. And then, I mean, I guess that's like any sport. You have one bad bounce, and then, you know, that can totally change how the outcome of the game, obviously, or, or your feelings towards how you're playing or your mood or whatever. Um, but there's just so many details in hockey that to keep up with, it's really, when you're having a bad game, it's like, it can feel like one thing happens after another. So if you're having a bad game, it's like, now I'm thinking about my skates and then, you know, are my, are my skates sharp enough or, you know, are my hands, I'm, I haven't been able to get the puck out and now I'm thinking about something else. And, you know, now I'm, I'm out of breath and it's like, it can just pile up on you really quickly. So. When I have bad games, I always just try to kind of like take a step back and focus on one thing at a time. Hockey is just so fast. There's so many things going on.
0: How much is – how bad does the penalty box suck?
1: Depends. If it's Isn't a bad that penalty Isn't frustrating you're
0: sitting there like in like a – basically like a bull-type cage, clear, you yeah. can see what's going on. You're like, can I get out of this shithole? Like how does that – I mean, That would just be frustrating to sit there as fast as hockey are. Now all of a sudden you're just yeah. completely motionless.
1: Yeah. A lot of the times when you get a penalty, um, I mean, it's like after you've worked really hard. So if I get like a, not a good penalty, but if I get like a questionable call, then I'll go to the box and just be like, like, what are you going to do? The more I yell at the ref, you know, it's coaches will always tell you, don't complain to the refs. It's not going to help whatever. Um, but then there's other times when it is a bad call and you're just sitting there and you're so into the game and you're so, you know, passionate about the game. It's like, so the most frustrating thing is when you're in the penalty box and it's a close game and you're just watching the game go by, you know, like you're sitting there, you're so fired up or you're standing there, you're so fired up. And then you can't do anything for the next two minutes when you know that you want to be out there,
0: is it, or everyone, that you're
1: hurting your team.
0: Yeah. That's also just Cause you're watching them with a man down. Is every, exactly. uh, is every uh does every level of hockey have someone in the penalty box to open the door for you and all that I'm just I'm always fascinated by that guy no <laughs> so you have to open no. your own door have you ever had trouble getting the door to the penalty box open you're like the hell with this
1: No they usually check it before that would be hilarious though I just wouldn't go <laughs> okay be like, I, I mean what are you gonna do can't get in <laughs> so never had any trouble getting
0: out though either
1: no. Okay.
0: No. So it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. That makes sense. Yeah. What, um, kind of lastly, before we wrap up here, what makes a good goalie because it's funny, you know, the general hockey term you get is particularly in the playoffs. I play, play Hockey is my favorite sport to go to live. I don't know if I said that pre recording, but like, yeah. I'm not sure there's a better product on earth. I love going to the stars games here. It's fast. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly awesome. So I love that, that. said, I watched a decent, actually decent bit of playoff hockey on TV. I, I admit I don't watch a ton. That's of awesome. Hockey, but playoff hockey is it's hard to beat when you get like a tight game, particularly when it gets like overtime, late third period playoff hockey. It's crazy. Absolutely bonkers. It's one Insane, of the best like, yeah. sporting event cells of all time, I think. So the term you always hear is like, well if you run into a hot goaltender, there's just not a whole lot you can do. How true is that? Like, if you have a goaltender that's just on one, is it just like what, what There's yeah. not much you can do? Is that really true?
1: It's super intimidating when you're playing a goalie like that, you know, it's when you're going into a game, you always have a game plan. Like, all right, you know, we got to be faster than these guys or we got to move the puck better or whatever. And then you think about the goalie, you know, it's like, Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have a good glove or he doesn't, you know, control his rebounds very well when there's a goalie that's just stopping everything and swallowing every puck it's like man like what am I going to do do I it makes shooters and players question like okay do I need to pass the puck do I need to shoot the puck like am I going to try to go glove because he has a bad glove or is he gonna does he have a better glove it's like it's when a goalie's on his game it's just so hard and it gets in everybody's head but when your goalie is on it's an ultimate confidence booster Really, because you know that if you, I mean, obviously it's not good, but if you have a a mistake or a mishap and your goalie can bail you out, it's like, man, that can literally be the difference in your season, especially in the playoffs.
0: All What makes a good goalie? I know that's a general question, but like what makes a good one, how are they? They're not that
1: big. Are they, are they big dudes? Yeah. Okay. I mean, well for me, yeah. You, you're you talking about basketball players, but I mean, big, there's goalies that are like my goalie in high school was six five, six five, two ten probably. I mean, that's a pretty big boy. There's not too many hockey players who are like six, nine or six, eight or anything like that. But, but you want your goaltender to be big. It sounds like big ish. Yeah. Usually a lot of goalies, especially in the NHL are probably between like six, three or six, two. And, Probably like six six.
0: So you don't want like a five ten goalie.
1: No, I mean there's there's some goalies. I don't know about any. I don't know who the smallest goalie in the NHL is, but there's some in college and in minor pro that are are little guys. But I mean, those small guys, they can their focus is unbelievable, and they can move just so well. It's really, really cool to watch, actually. Like I was just about to really ask, what makes a good sound one. goalies? Like, yeah, what like makes just, it, just being them. able to. Track a puck, like, through people. If you watch – next time you watch hockey, only watch the goalie and watch everything that they do, like, having to see around people and being able to skate really well, like, knowing where you are in the net, stuff like that, Um, controlling your rebound. So, like you said, you know, if you run into a goalie, that's just super hot. A lot of the times, he'll, I said swallow everything. Like, every puck that hits him, it's either, like, going in the corner or he's just covering it for a whistle which is super frustrating because a lot of the times if you shoot it, you know, it can rebound. hit his chest and get a rebound. Exactly. And that's how hundreds of goals are scored. You know, when,
0: when you have a goalie that's got snakes in his head and is not having a good time as a God, particularly you, you're a uh, winger and you play forward. Can you tell, can you like, we're about to absolutely roast. Oh this yeah. Game. Really?
1: Oh yeah. It's the best. When you look at a goalie <laughs> and tell him he's there, you can like see that he's uncomfortable the best is when he's, like, skating after the intermission. He's going to the net because he goes in front of your bench because he switch sides. So he'll skate in front of your bench, and you can just look at him and just chirp him and just tell, ask him where you want to shoot or something. Like, <laughs> hey, man, like, where you want me to put this one? It's like, your glove's not looking too good, is it? Like, I wouldn't feel good about it either. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's That's just not- the best to see. I mean, it sucks for the other team, but it's just, like – it's a super good feeling to see when a goalie's just, like, off his game. And then you start putting one after the other in. It's, like, it's going to be a good game, you know? But, so just, so like, one of those fun ones.
0: How streaky are goaltenders play? Because I know in the NHL there's obviously, like, the legendary runs. Like, I remember when I was a younger one that uh, it was a big deal to go see Patrick Waugh, the uh,
1: oh, yeah. Avalanche
0: guy. What, Marty Brodeur. Yep. Pekka Rene. I don't know. Is he, uh, he was at Nashville for a while. He's elsewhere. Yeah. He
1: just retired. I think.
0: Yeah. So like obviously they had staying power, but how streaky is goaltender to play? Like do those dudes have bad streaks where it's like, Holy shit, this guy can't like keep a buck out of the net. Like how, how, how much does it vary? Or is there dudes that just bring it every single night for 10 years?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as you get older and especially as you go up in the levels, there's guys like, that's what separates, you know, the guy, the really, really good goalies from the goalies who are just, you know, they have good games. There's guys who are in the NHL and those are the guys who can bring it every night, every day. They can stop every puck and, you know, not really have, even if they let up six goals in the NHL, people will say that that's a bad game. But, I mean, in reality, those guys are ripping pucks at them. However, 90 miles an hour past them, it's a pretty hard job. So, it and retrospect it's not that big of a deal and that's not that bad of a game for them but there's other guys in lower levels you know they can have a really good weekend and then have a terrible weekend the next and then a terrible week in practice and it's like you either get you get cut in juniors if that happens um or in college you just don't play so there's definitely more streaky goalies in the lower levels because if you're not consistent, you know, if you're playing pros and you're not consistent, then you're just going to get let go. So
0: that more and more you talk about juniors just sounds like professional hockey without them. having Yeah, to them as a paycheck. That's it
1: really It really is. That's, a,
0: that's wild. So Alex Ovechkin, he is he a center?
1: Uh, he's a winger.
0: OK, is Crosby a winger?
1: Crosby's a center. Okay. Are
0: the most famous guys, the forwards, the center, and the two wingers? Like, is there a very famous defenseman?
1: Yeah. Are they more I um, mean, unsung? I think it's, well, I don't know. I can't say it's changing because there's guys obviously like Bobby Orr and guys like that. Everybody knows Bobby Orr, especially up North and Boston legendary defenseman like that. But now you have like guys like Victor Hedman. Um, he's a really famous popular defenseman for the lightning um john carlson who plays with ovechkin like there's now a few more guys around the league who are receiving just way more praise not only because they're being good defensemen, but because they can now they put up 70 points in 82 games which is like how can you do that when you're 6-5 and you're stopping every goal from going in the net defenseman definitely becoming the hardest position to play because they're playing forward, too. There's so many defensemen that can just score goals now.
0: Interesting. Because they're, they're so like skilled.
1: Yeah, it has changed a ton. The skill level in hockey is just unbelievable now.
0: For you, as you go through your career, what like where are you at right now in terms of where you want to be like career-wise? And do you want to uh, – this is probably an obvious question. Do you want to play professional hockey?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now – this is the longest that I've been in one place in the past few years, just because I've played juniors. So right now at school, I'm kind of just trying to enjoy where I'm at and take everything in, especially after COVID. I think everybody is probably just thankful to be back and, yes. and playing and whatever. Um, but yeah, if I could, I mean, I would love if the opportunity presented itself to be able to go overseas or to go to France or something like that and, and be able to play pro over there or whatever level, if, uh, if I had the opportunity to do that, I definitely would. I think that'd be an awesome experience.
0: What can the money be like overseas? I know it's like anything else. It depends on the league, but like you mentioned pretty good money. Like, can you make a a pretty good career and pretty good living playing uh, hockey overseas if you end up in the right place?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. There's guys that, um, I have a friend actually who played for Dallas's, uh, affiliate team, their AHL team. And he ended up going over to Finland, and he's making, I would imagine, way more money over there than he is over here. A lot of guys do that, go to uh, Finland and Sweden. Russia is a big one, make really good money. Instead of
0: – so that's another Instead thing – Instead of I've staying got, here. Yeah, that's another thing I have a hard time understanding. It, the There's two different minor leagues, isn't there, for hockey? Do teams own both of them? How do the hockey hockey's minor leagues work?
1: So there's two – with the NHL, there's two leagues that are affiliated with the NHL, two minor leagues, which is the American Hockey League and then the East Coast Hockey League. Right. Um, and both of those, like calling them minors isn't even fair because those guys are just so unbelievably good at hockey. Like, Really? It, people don't understand, yeah, how hard it is to play in the NHL. Like all the AHL, all the guys that are in the AHL, They've either played in the NHL or they're 20 years old and they're going to make the NHL in the next year or two, most likely. Um, or they're just that close and they're interchangeable, to be honest.
0: Why are there two different leagues? Are there, is it same skill level or is there like a double A and a triple A? What the two different leagues is interesting. Or does it just depend on what the team owns?
1: So there's definitely different skill level. Um, I mean, it's also just a business too, at the end of the day for these right. com, or for these organizations and teams um, so being able to have like farm teams and make money off that and have guys in their system I think it's just good for their brand and you know it, it builds their whole I guess business if they have you know their teams affiliated with the Carolina Hurricanes or whoever it kind of just lets everybody know that they're more I guess legit or it's like a more recognizable Kind of logo, I guess. You know, if somebody says, "Oh, we're affiliated with the Boston Bruins," versus we're the Indian Trail, whoever, you yeah. know, just like a random team.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So it's not like a double A AA and triple A where every team has a double A AA and triple A team. You could probably have an NHL team that doesn't have an ECHL team or a AHL team. Like, do they? Was every NHL franchise own a team in both leagues? Yeah. So, like when guys get
1: hurt in the NHL, they'll bring guys up from their AHL team, but not from the other one. Well, the ECHL is lower than the AHL. So then when the guys get hurt in the AHL, they'll bring guys up from the ECHL.
0: Okay. So it is like a, uh, it, okay. So it is structured like that. It's like a double A triple A type thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess. So, okay.
0: That, that makes (laughs) sense. Gotcha. Can you get a call up from the EH or the, the double A one to the AHL? Is that common?
1: Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. A lot of guys going in and out of those leagues.
0: How, uh, when a young guy gets drafted, how like college, I mean, in baseball, obviously you have to go play at least two years in minor league. And if you go, if you make it up in two, two and a half years, like you've, you've done something ridiculous. Do dudes just walk out of the door onto the NHL team? How rare is that? What's the coming up? Like for Connor McDavid, what did he do?
1: Yeah. He's, he was like the franchise before, he was even stepping on the ice for Edmonton, basically. So no there's just a couple. Him. No, okay, no. Okay. There's some guys, like, there's a kid, Cole Caulfield, who uh, he plays for Montreal. He actually played in the AHL this season, um, which I think he was struggling in the NHL a bit. His kid's 20, 21 years old. But I think during his finals week, I don't know if this is an entirely true story. This might be somebody else, but he went to the University of Wisconsin, And I remember after they lost, he was saying like after his college season was over, he was saying like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to sign yada, yada, yada. Like, I'm just going to, you know, take, take some time and, you know, talk it over. And then two days later, he ended up signing his huge contract. And then he left school right away and ended up playing right in the playoffs too. He went literally from college, his college dorm and just like going to class and then next week he was playing in Stanley Cup playoffs <laughs> that's insane which is like unbelievable
0: so for you as you go through your career is anything in american hockey is that do you consider that out the window i know she hadn't mentioned it do you think you'll have to go overseas or do you will you try to give it a look here
1: um i mean if i could play good enough pro over here that was money that would be good enough for me then yeah i for sure would do it um I only say Europe because I think the experience over there would be just crazy for me. Sure. You know, being able to be a 26-year-old guy living and playing pro hockey in whatever town in France or Sweden or Norway. I just don't think that that would really compare to anything over here. So, at least for me, for a guy like me who's grown up over here and and lives in North Carolina. Um I just would way rather be able to go over there.
0: What are you looking to get out of this NIL stuff? Do you, I mean, you guys obviously have fans, like how much, what, what's the interest level? What's the popularity with you guys in your program up there? And what do you kind of want to get out of this NIL business?
1: Uh, Yeah. I just want to learn really as much as I can. Um, Talking to Michael, he's just super on board and I don't know. I'm just really excited to be able to go through this with him and, and figure out, The processes of everything and um just be able to grow both myself and him um being able to play hockey and up in Boston and you know doing all that with him and just learning (coughs) how to do everything as I go and as a student and everything it's I don't know I'm just kind of trying to take everything in stride so
0: absolutely dude it sounds like you're in a decent spot the, like in terms of just like where you're at, you finally you mentioned you're at a place for a long period of time. You got some stability around. It sounds like hockey's going well. What's uh? take me through, like, what are you guys doing? Are you in season? What's, what's, what's going on right now? Once you get that hand healed.
1: Yeah. So we're on break right now. Um, we just finished up finals in our last, last couple of games. We actually have a long break. We don't have to be back. I think until January 2nd or right after the new year. Um, and then, Our classes don't start until a couple more weeks into January so the guys will be up in Boston just playing hockey just having games and practice which will be super fun. How's the season going? It's going all right it's uh it's been up and down a lot of games that we've let go by one goal or an overtime or like I said before just stupid little mistakes like well We have the puck for two minutes and then hit the post and then, you know, just one, one bad bounce and they go down and score. And it's just like, man, what a, what a dagger. But I think we got a really good group and I think we learned a lot from the first half. So I'm excited to, to get back out there, especially that I've been watching for the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm excited to get back out there for the second half. I think we'll be much better off.
0: How many regular season games do you play? Have we played? Yeah, or do you play? Like, what's the season? What's the season length?
1: I think we've played around nine right now. Um, We had only one canceled because of COVID. Hopefully, no more. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to get rescheduled, but we'll probably play around 25 games. And then what's next after that? Do you do a? Do you win a conference? Like, do you what? Do you make the NCAA tournament? What's that like? So we'll play for a conference first, um, Commonwealth. Common Wealth Coast Conference, um, which is all teams in New England. A lot of really good teams, especially for hockey. Um, yeah, so we'll compete for that and play for that. And then I'm pretty sure if you're ranked high enough nationally, you can go right to the tournament. Okay. Um, or if you just win your league, I'm pretty sure you go to the tournament. I'm not positive.
0: How many teams get in the tournament?
1: Sixteen, I think it starts with. Okay. Maybe something around there. So you guys have everything big. out
0: there to play for. Yeah.
1: Like, everything's for sure. still in front of you. We for sure. Yeah. We for sure could get going and and turn everything around the second half, which I think we can, like we're right there. We're right on the cusp. We have a lot of good guys, um, good hockey players and, and good teammates. So a lot of guys that care too, which is most important. Last thing I
0: missed. Are you a Canes fan or what do you have in an NHL team?
1: I like the Rangers. Okay, um, New York. Being from New York, yeah, I'm pumped. They're doing well this year. They got a lot of young guys, but I love watching the Hurricanes. I uh, I think it's awesome what they're doing with getting all the fans involved and everything. And now they have a really good team. So, um, yeah, I, I love rooting for the Hurricanes. How slim's
0: the margin between good and bad in the NHL? Because you see it all the time. Like you had Vegas make that a couple years ago. Like it seems like if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Like the Blues had that ridiculous record in the winter a couple years ago, and then turned it into something ridiculous. How slim's the margin? Like right now, I just pulled it up. Hold on one second. Make sure I have this correctly. So in the standings, we'll just go through wherever. Um, Montreal doesn't look great. Seattle, that's a first-year team. Like, why is Arizona? Why do they suck?
1: Oof, Arizona's having a rough go. I think the past few years they've had a rough go. Um, Just not good players? Is that simple? I don't think so. I mean, if you look at all their guys individually, all their guys are well – or not all of them, but a lot of their guys are established NHL players and have put up points and are obviously exceptional hockey players – um, I think at that level it comes down. You got to look at who you're drafting. That's when your your AHL team comes into effect. So if you draft a 19 year old and then you have him play for you, how well are you going to develop him in the next say two to three years? And then if you do a really good job like Tampa Bay has done, then you can win a Stanley Cup. And if not, then you just have a lot of guys in your system that you're going to need to trade because you didn't draft well or you're not coaching the right way. So. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Arizona get a new coach and then, you know, turn things around because they definitely got some good players on that team.
0: And then a team like, I don't know, Minnesota or Tampa or Carolina, like what, what, how, how much of a difference between like a Carolina and Arizona? Is it pretty slim?
1: Um, yeah. end the, Like these guys, I mean, it's really about how well they can all work together and how well they're coached is what it comes down to. Um, I mean, with any professional league, at least these top leagues are the best guys in the world. So, I mean, they get traded from team to team. And, you know, one year you could be on Arizona and the next year you could be on Minnesota. And if you were a guy in Minnesota and you get traded to Arizona, you might not stand out, you know, because the margin's so slim. And if you were a, a good guy on Arizona and then you get traded to Minnesota, then you might be on the fourth line, you know, because... It's just where you fit in. Um, so, yeah, the margin, especially in the NHL, is so slim. Not only that, but then guys to the AHL too. It's just, there's just so many good hockey players and it's all about consistency. There's so much that goes into it.
0: So, that's Being, got, is, is it a mindset of just get to the playoffs and then anything can happen? Yeah. Pretty much. For sure. Who do you think wins? Well, it this I mean, year? that's what
1: my mindset would be. Really? Yeah. I so, don't know who is going to win this year. I don't know. It would be cool to see Tampa get back to back to back, but I don't know. That uh I'm a Rangers guy. So, hopefully the young guys can pull together.
0: There you go. We'll uh, we'll call that a Rangers pick. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate the time. This was awesome stuff. Uh Kyle Valleket the first ever hockey player on this podcast, you are now the uh, official representation for the hockey universe on this podcast. So take that with great responsibility. We'll be following and rooting on, man. I appreciate this was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Loved having the time to come on and talk about my experiences. Absolutely. We will uh, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. This will not be the first time. After y'all win a
0: championship, we'll uh, we'll come back on and we were the first to know that uh that
1: this was in the making. Absolutely. I'd love to. I had an awesome time. All
0: right. That's our show. If you made it to the end, I really appreciate it. And I hope you're ready to go buy season tickets for your local NHL team, or maybe throw on the shoulder pads and the skates yourself and start calling folks pigeons and Muppets. That's what I was after the end of that interview. I really thought that was awesome. I know it was a little different. I would be interested to get some of y'all's feedback on that. I just, it's a sport I don't know the rules about. I love watching it. Playoff hockey is awesome. I just wanted to know a little bit more about it and what's it like actually trying to get in and play it. So anyway, a little something different there to start you off on a uh, Monday. We'll be back with a lot of old Miss Bull content later on in the week and some basketball as well as they start SCC play next week. So, you'll be good. Stay tuned. Have a great start to your week, and we'll have a couple more shows for you this uh, later on in the week.